Oh, there we go. It is, uh, it's 8.16 on the Pacific, the Pacific time. No, what's today? The 8th? Today's the 8th? Yes, it is the 8th. There you go. This is the Wrestling Gang Podcast. We're live from the patio here in Las Vegas tonight because uh, people are working on my house all day and, you know, I just, I just don't feel safe in there, Alfred. I gotta, I gotta air it out. I'm just on a bar here with Alfred Kanawa. And we're going to talk about SmackDown. We're going to talk about Rampage. And uh, I think the important topic that we were discussing a little bit off the air is what is the best flavor of Fruit Stripe gum? I'm going to argue it's the yellow flavor. Really? I like There's a green flavor, right? Yeah, and I normally don't like green flavor, but their green flavor is tight. That is yeah. that is some good stuff. Love green. Yeah, it's really – oh, man, Fruit Stripe. You know, I only eat it like once every 10 years. When I do, I'm like, why don't I chew this all the time? This is – why isn't there candy? Why isn't Fruit Stripe expanded into making – why isn't there Fruit Stripe ice cream? Like, seriously, like they've got oh. flavors on lock. That would make some really cool-looking ice cream where you have the zebra stripes and the ice cream, kind of like Sherbert. Have you ever had Fruit Stripe together, like two different flavors at the same time? Because that – What is this interesting idea? Okay, like what do you well, can we see what I got left here? We're gonna try this on the air. Oh, you know what? This isn't gonna work because I've only got I've only got green and red. That's like, fine. Do you think this is like the devil's combination? Like no, it's a Christmas color. We're almost at the holiday season. Okay, That's okay. We're, we're gonna try this. So here, why don't you uh tee up the first news story and I got uh it yeah, but but nothing nothing too serious because my reaction to the, the fruit stripe mashup, like that could be really bad contrast. Uh, so let's start with okay. something lighthearted for the first news. Okay, show. definitely. We could uh, go lighthearted. You know what? Let's start with ratings news. How about that? Was that um Yeah, was let's go with the, the Well, you know, the ratings serious business, but uh funny when you when you look at the way things are going. Yeah, we can make fun out of this. Uh Wednesday's yeah. live second anniversary edition of AEW Dynamite as Glenn mixes those two flavors drew 1.053 million on TNT. So this is down about 9% from last week. Drew about 1.152 million. Of course, this episode went head to head with the MLB playoffs. So this was uh, going to have some tough competition. Not only that, but I did feel throughout this show that there were a lot of matches which weren't necessarily um, kind of big time matches. They were more or less showcases. You had Darby Allen versus Nick Camarado. You had that opening match as a group match. So a lot of these matches didn't carry any stakes until, of course, the end where you had Hangman Adam Page's unadvertised return to the casino ladder match. So listen, again, AEW has established a floor of 1 million, which is uh, very good in terms of a secondary wrestling company being able to consistently draw 1 million viewers. Uh, So right now it's going to be a tough time for AEW, not only because the MLB playoffs are on and they're going to face stiff competition. October is the most busy month when it comes to sports. You're going to have the NBA coming back. We're getting into the thick of the NFL season, NCAA, and MLB is even directly impacting AEW as early as next week because there isn't going to be a Wednesday Dynamite. It's going to be a Saturday Dynamite. And if you remember earlier this summer, those numbers were severely impacted, doing about as low as 400-something thousand viewers for Dynamite when it moved nights. So uh, AEW, even though they've come off a historic month in September, is going to be in for some tough sledding. Uh, but despite the tough sledding, and uh, before we get your opinion on that, Glenn, how is the mixture of red and green? I have to say, this is surprisingly good. And uh, I'm like almost two minutes into chewing this, and it's just now starting to lose its flavor. So <laughs> there you go. That's, what, that's, what, that's the gift and the curse of fruit stripe gum. It, it, it gives you the joy, and then it takes it right away from you. I know. Why can't they perfect how to make this last longer? Yeah. I think uh, I think it's so a secret good. that they they know it'll keep you addicted. I think that's what it is. 
I remember as a kid, oh, talk about joy when you would just get the, the fat pack of it. You know, like yeah. I've got a little five pack out here that I just blew through. When we get that fat pack of it, you could just sit there and just like, yeah, it's like that was a good hour's worth of flavor enjoyment if you timed it right. Yeah, I would eat it like it was Skittles. Oh, absolutely, man. Why, why, why aren't the fruit stripe Skittles people coming together? Like yeah, this is just printing money. Uh, but on the ratings, that's interesting. I think, yeah, a dynamite on a Saturday, that's going to be tough. Yeah. Interesting, the anniversary show didn't do better. Um, it's a weird time for ratings in professional wrestling right now. I mean, uh, I'm assuming we've also got teed up in the news stories, this uh, news about NXT's demos, the demographics. Yeah. Who's watching NXT 2.0? Um, yeah, let's go for it. Yeah. The, the NXT demo, so recent study has uh, found out that the NXT median age is 62 years old, which is very <laughs> old. I mean, and this is median. This is like they just took away the smallest number. They took away the biggest number and averaged that, and they still got 62. So that means there are people probably upwards of 80 years old watching NXT, and it's a, it's kind of an ironic story because, of course, NXT 2.0's goal is to get younger. Uh, they've got all the colors. And, and it's not like the original NXT was drawing young people. They were a 55-year-old show, but they've only gotten older. Of course, WWE's goal with this NXT 2.0 is to get younger people watching. So I don't know how they're going to be able to turn it around from 62 years old. But, Glenn, do you have any ideas outside of well, Tony D'Angelo, of course, is going to save the world? I mean, I feel like a young man. At 45, I'm helping bring down that median age. How is this possible? And there are like 70-year-olds out there watching the show going, oh, that Tony D'Angelo, that kid cracks me up. I mean, like, who is watching this? You know? I mean, like, how how is it possible? 62 is the median age? 62 is the median age for NXT. That's very old. Like, I'm not even sure how you get the median age because I always confuse that with the mean, the medium, and the average. I confuse those quite often. But regardless, like, like there, like, is there, you know, a retirement home with a Nielsen box that's skewing these results? Like, what is going on here? I mean, the show is in Florida, so maybe they attract a lot of Floridians who are just out there retired, trying to enjoy some NXT. I mean, I don't know what the answer would be because this has been a problem not only in WWE but in wrestling in general as wrestling tends to skew a little bit older. They do very well in 18 to 49, you know, in terms of weekly ratings on Raw and even AEW and whatnot, but uh, wrestling audiences do tend to be older. But in the case of NXT 2.0, I just think, I mean, the only answer is to give autonomy, complete autonomy to, to some younger minds in WWE. And I don't see that happening. And when I say younger minds, I don't mean like, you know, 40, like younger than Vince. I mean, young, young, like the people in the prime, maybe some of the writers who might have a better handle on the product. But uh, this is clearly a product that is not connected with uh, people in terms of overall viewership, especially up against uh, these sporting competition. It did 632,000 this past week, which is a big drop from its premiere. And then on top of that, it looks like uh, the vast majority of their audience are skewing older. So, I mean, it, they've got their work cut out for them. I know they're really, really trying. I mean, a hit row, I think, was something is a, on the right path in terms of the right idea, but they're on their way to SmackDown. So, uh, it'll be very tough for NXT to create a momentum around this product that young people can really enjoy. I would like a reaction of all the over 70 NXT viewers that are skewing these results and weighing them so bad. Like a reaction cam to them watching all the hit row segments, especially the Cypher. Yeah, especially the Cypher. Especially the Cypher. <laughs> I'm sure that because that Cypher was very polarizing. A lot of people did seem to like it, but then there were uh, quite a few boomers who were not big fans of seeing all these young stallions on there freestyling. But uh, I, I don't know. They're just going to have to. It's, I don't know if the answer is going to be revealed anytime soon. I mean, it's 
all going and filtering through the mind of one man. Um, I don't think, I think it's a little overblown that Vince McMahon has complete control and this is Vince McMahon's NXT. I do think he's more involved with it. Uh, and I do think he has more influence on it, but it's going to take a complete different mindset in this NXT. And I don't think we're going to get that anytime soon. Yeah. It's, this is just crazy. This is just absolutely nuts. So yeah. hopefully this was this folks. Strap get in. some people over. Get some younger people over, and maybe they're going to bring some young people with them. But they've got some uh, <laughs> work cut out with them in terms of uh, garnering a young audience. Also, I don't trust people that don't like hip hop. Hip hop has been around for forty plus years now. There's something you like. Yeah, I don't care what it is. You know, Jay-Z there's forties now. You know, maybe he's and Jay Z's rapping about a lot more grown folk stuff. So now there is something for people who don't like hip hop. So if you don't like it, you're just making excuses. You know, a lot of these rappers are seasoned now. And I think guys like Jay-Z, Nas, and even Eminem have gotten better with age in terms of what they rap about and how they rap. And, uh, you know, hip-hop's just a beautiful art. And you're such a pro, Glenn, because the next story is hip-hop oriented. Oh, well, there you Did go. You hear The Rock's, uh, what he's calling a debut in rap. But, you know, wrestling fans know that him and Wyclef John with It Doesn't yes. Matter was first rap song, which slapped. I love that song back in the day. But did you hear his new song with Tech 9 Glenn? No, no. No, I'm. I have to go out with Tech Nine, really. Yes, that that was my reaction because I heard late last night that The Rock he tweeted out, "I'm gonna have my first rap song tomorrow," and I was like, "Oh God, Rock! <laughs> you know, oh man, really? Like you've got a 100 percent approval rating. You really don't need to go out there and take all these risks. You you found your lane." And and then I heard he was gonna do it with Tech Nine, who is, I mean, Tech Nine's an OG and he raps super fast and he's really yeah. one of the greatest ever. He's a, a great rapper. So I thought, man, he's gonna rap. On the same track, that's like having your first boxing match with Mike Tyson. And, yes, um, and then they, they cut to The Rock, and he says, my name is Dwayne, and I'm here to say. <laughs> oh, well, listen, I heard it, and it was trash. Okay, I oh. love you, Dwayne. I love Dwayne, but I got to keep it a buck. I, I'm a hip-hop guy. I love Dwayne The Rock Johnson. He could do no wrong in my book until tonight. Tonight was the first night that Dwayne The Rock Johnson ever did wrong for me because his verse, I mean, Tech 9 was fire as usual, and he got a couple couple other guys on there, and The Rock, what's crazy about this is he closes it out, which is like, you know what I mean? Like, if you have a rapper on the level of he, Wait, Nine, he's, he's in the Busta Rhymes scenario slot? Like, he goes <laughs> last? Yes! He, wow. he's, like, he's following Dave Chappelle, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you don't wow. want to go last on a song I, with Tech 9. I'm open-minded when it comes to hip-hop. I've listened to all of Enzo's records from start, well, only once from start to finish. Yeah. There was a song about his grandmother that was quite nice, actually. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I think Feel These Dreams is probably the worst hip-hop I've ever heard. That's the bass player from Korn who decided to release a gangster rap album all about his, his love affair with smoking weed in uh, the early 2000s. If you've never heard Feel These Dreams, that is perhaps the worst rap record. I'm curious if uh, The Rock can top that in terms of awfulness it's called so it's called feel these dreams i gotta no, check that feel out. these because it's oh, feel, feel these from corn okay so feel okay. these dreams you'll probably make it through two songs maximum uh that's the one where people tap out uh yeah wow yeah Let, give it a listen glenn and in the chat i want to hear what you guys say a lot of support for the rock but i want to hear what you guys think about the rocks rapping and be honest now especially if you're a hip-hop head listen i like the rock in fact i love the rock he's on my mount rushmore of wrestlers and i did want this to be good but i can't let him get away with this man i just it was very short though he kept it very short so that that's uh the good thing about it but the rock uh 
you know, hey, good for The Rock for going out there and, uh, you know, giving his all uh, on, a, on a track with a guy of the caliber of Tech 9 but uh, definitely out of his league. I, I if say. you're going to do it, you have to go for it. Yes. You know, I mean, you don't want to, I mean, although, and perhaps that's what made the Super Bowl shuffle so great. They really went for it. They did. They committed to that, you know. Even though I'm a Packers guy and I don't like the Bears, uh, the Super Bowl shuffle is a national treasure in terms of football lore. The 85 Bears are just last time they ever won a Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen. The last time they'll ever win a Super Bowl if you if you've yes. seen the listing. Uh, we got a super chat, Drew Davidian, 999. Glenn and Alfred, I liked Roman, aka the tribal chief, and the head of the table with Paul Heyman and the Usos, aka the bloodline promo was fire tonight. And also I like the rock music and it was fire. Well, good for you, Drew. I'm glad people enjoy it, but I can't go there with you. That ain't it. Listen, I liked The Rock and Wyclef John when he was saying it doesn't matter. And he was, you know, playing to his strengths, but this wasn't necessarily uh, the good. Listen, it was because he went after Tech 9 and Tech 9 just goes crazy on this track. He's amazing on this. And, and then The Rock comes in. And so now I have that instant comparison and it's like, ah, this isn't the level of Tech 9, but I'm glad yeah. people just seem to like it. Uh. I don't know, man. Uh, what else we got? Now, we have one more thing, Glenn. Um, and I, I was going to tell you this uh, before we got on air, but I, I, did you see the Variety uh, article about uh, WWE, AEW having competition? In some I of the did see it linked. I did not read it. I uh, went to Ikea today. Okay. And uh, let me tell you, uh, you want a stressful experience. You try going down those aisles and finding the right bins to put together your credenza. Uh, this is a pain that I hope everyone doesn't have to experience. <laughs> Ikea is enormous too, which, um, in Vegas, in Vegas. Yeah, man, that's okay, so huge. That, yeah. Yeah. That's a big one. I, I was thinking like somewhere in like in Henderson or like in town or something like that. No, no. So I was there, but I saw, I saw the article. Link. So, uh, hit me, hit me with the recap. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you didn't see it because I want to play a quick game with you. Uh, they polled oh. fans who watch both AEW and WWE, and they asked them comparative strengths, like which company is stronger in certain areas. And yeah. they you know, asked them, and they did percentage breakdowns. So I want you to tell me uh, a few categories, WWE versus AEW. So people among people who watch both shows, which show do you think they said had better storytelling? Oh, well, WWE clearly – Clearly, WWE has better storytelling, uh, fresher, less repetitive matches, uh, tighter, faster-paced programming. Wow. I mean, just, you know, in all these categories. That, no, I'm being facetious. I mean, <laughs> do people say that, though? Do people actually well, say crazy that? that? You say that because WWE won out over AEW 55 to 44%. 55% of the people who watch both WWE and AEW said WWE had better storytelling, which I think caught a lot of people by surprise. Well, yeah, I will tell you, AEW feels like a very a show with very good wrestling. AEW would benefit from a GM or something that they need some connective tissue. I feel like sometimes the commentary guys are having such a good time, but it doesn't feel like, you know, I always bring this back to it. To me, the, the great wrestling show should feel like the Muppet show. You know, we should have an, an intro and an ending and through the night, things should interweave. There should be unique and separate segments, but, you know, Again, we're not watching real sports. We're watching a show about a wrestling company. Right. No, that's a good point. And I do think, because even though I prefer AEW storytelling right now, I, I'm watching in the lens of somebody who watches wrestling all the time. And I think people who watch AEW and WWE are used to that WWE style. And so they don't yeah. see 
somebody's setup. You know, I, I really don't think it needs necessarily a GM because that's something that WWE has kind of cornered the market on. But I do think people feel an absence of storytelling because AEW does tend to be very inside in how they tell their stories. And you really have to read between the lines to see where they're going with these things. So maybe it's confusing some people, but they did prefer the storytelling. Now, uh, we'll run through some more of these matches on TV, WWE or AEW. Who do you think won? I think AEW is the better matches. Yes, AEW won 54% to 45%. Matches on pay-per-view. Who has the better pay-per-view matches? It's tough. I feel like AEW, the matches are more consistent. That, that's a good point. I would tend to agree, but 53% of people said WWE has better pay-per-view matches. More entertaining characters, WWE or AEW? It's a tough one. I, I, I still give that slightly to AEW. Uh, they gave it to WWE. 54% said WWE has more entertaining characters, uh, which is interesting because I think AEW has a lot of very real characters. And I think when they hear entertaining, there are more cartoon over the top characters maybe in WWE. Yeah. Um, but, but, you know, then you got like Orange Cassidy, who I think is a great character. Yeah. You, you know, you know what it is? Tony D'Angelo really skewed it <laughs> towards WWE. That's what I think it is, too. That's what I know it is, in fact. Uh, three more audience reactions in the arena, WWE or AEW. Oh, that's got to be AEW. Yes, 51% AEW. And I was surprised it was that close. But there have been a lot of hot crowds coming out uh, of the pandemic. And this was done over the past month. So I do think it is pretty close. But AEW, they've had some, especially tonight's Philly crowd, and, and on a Wednesday especially, have good uh, crowds. So the last two, more suitable for kids. Uh, probably WWE. Yes, and that's the one where WWE won by the widest margin, 62% and more suitable for kids. And then finally, overall most exciting, WWE or AEW? Well, AEW lately. I mean, I think with CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, Adam Cole. AEW barely edged WWE 50.4 to 49.6. So that was basically a 50-50 split. So a lot of these were close in some categories that were way closer than others. I think, Glenn, I think all your answers are what I would have said in terms of uh, WWE versus AEW. So I was caught by surprise by a couple of these uh, answers, but just a very interesting study that was done. Yeah, but who knows? You know, I'm sure this wasn't the most scientific like uh, sampling. This is all margin of error. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's like when you're talking like with you when you're within five points on these things, like I don't know. Yeah. Uh so tonight was interesting. I mean, we had a lot of build up for Crown Jewel uh tonight, uh starting with this um we started tonight with the contract signing for the triple threat with Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, and Bianca Belair. And I I don't know about you, like can we just have one of these? Like, the, I mean, that doesn't just devolve into a brawl. Yeah, or just not have them. I think it's so funny that it's like they're getting tired of saying contract signing because they keep doing them. So maybe they don't want to seem repetitive, but they promoted this as, oh, they're going to make their match official without saying what that meant. And then it just ended up being another contract signing. So, yeah. You're just kind of waiting for this to devolve into a brawl, and that's what happened. And I will say it was very impressive to see Bianca Belair lift those two women at the same time and put Becky through a table. But, I mean, these contract signings, is, they've got to take a moratorium on these because there's other ways that you can – again, this is – I guess this is a storytelling that some of these focus group fans like, but this is very repetitive storytelling. I mean, it's it's probably my least – fit. no, no, my least favorite trope is the, the repetitive, like, six-man tag, like, merging the feuds – this is probably my second least favorite trope in WWE storytelling. Yeah. That, that, 
I mean, it's it's just getting so you just know what's coming. And I just don't think it's ever very inventive. And I mean, the last time they really did do, and this wasn't, I guess you could consider it a contract signing is with CM Punk and Vince McMahon, but that was only because they were infusing like real life into there. And so it kind of, the, the storyline was built on this real life contract. So the contract signing made sense. I think segments like that call for a contract signing, but not just to do it. So Alonzo Smith pointing out with this, who's <laughs> Esther? Why does Becky keep calling Bianca that? It, you know, I got to be honest, it took me a hot minute to figure that out the first time. And I think that's almost too clever for the majority of the audience because you have to look at the EST. Yes. And like, and which, by the way, I've never heard is a shortened version of Esther, the name Esther ever. Maybe that's an Irish thing. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, I don't know that that's connecting. There's a lot about Becky's heel turn. And man, we are a huge Becky Lynch Stan household, but there's a lot about her heel turn that I don't know is hitting uh, as well as it could be. Yeah, and uh, Esther actually took me the whole show for me to realize, like, why is she? Why did she call her Esther? I don't understand that. But yeah, I mean, that is kind of clever. But yeah, Becky Lynch has to, the problem with the heel turn is she's a good performer. In fact, a great performer, but people love Becky Lynch. They haven't gotten the chance to celebrate her now that she's come back because she's immediately a heel. And so it comes off as forced. And I think she thinks she has to go that extra mile. It's the, You know, ironically enough, it's the Seth Rollins problem where I just think I don't really like this Seth Rollins character. I think Naturally, Seth Rollins is a great babyface in terms of how he wrestles, and people want to cheer him based on that. So he feels he has to go all the way over the top and wear these wacky coats and his glasses and his suits, and it just comes off as a child putting together a wrestling character in terms, <laughs> instead of like an actually cohesive heel. And I think that's the same problem that Becky Lynch. Maybe she's getting tips from Seth Rollins in terms of how to be a heel, and that's not the guy you want teaching you how to be a heel. Yeah, that's wow, like a kid putting together a wrestling heel character. Yes. Pretty brutal. It is, man. I'm going to put wow. a jacket on, and then I'm going to have my glasses, then I'm going to have this coat, and then I'm going to have this laugh and cackle, and none of it like ties together. I don't know what this character's going for. It's it's like Seth Rollins watched the Macklemore thrift shop video. I was like, I've yeah. got it. I know who my character is now. Or we watched, I, was uh, that. I was playing that when I was testing uh, the, the speakers here. I was playing that, and my wife was just like, really? That's what you're going to blast for all our neighbors. It's like, hey, just going to make sure these speakers work, man. Uh, but so we went from that. And that was a good segment. I mean, yeah, Bianca lifting both women. That was tight. That made her look really good. Um, man, it's going to be. Okay, so here's here's my question for you. So we got Charlotte coming to SmackDown. Sasha and Becky are staying on SmackDown? Yes, Sasha and Becky are staying on SmackDown. So is Bianca. No, 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 no. Becky's on Raw. Becky's on Raw. Becky's going to Raw. Sasha's staying on SmackDown. Charlotte's coming to SmackDown. Got Bianca's it. going to Raw, too. Oh, inter okay, okay. That makes sense. I did not see the draft, folks. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, this will be interesting for during the overlap and seeing how the titles change. I'm assuming Charlotte and Becky are just going to swap. Yeah, I mean, I hope they don't do the lazy thing where they just swap titles. And, and word on the street is that that might count for another title one for Charlotte so that they can jump those numbers up. But I was thinking that maybe Becky loses the title maybe without being pinned because she just came back uh, or some something happens like that. But, but we'll see, man. Uh, I, I guess they will just swap the titles. Yeah, no, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, although, depending on how this goes at Crown Jewel, I could see a title change happening there. And yeah. then, um, yeah, maybe Becky and Charlotte on Raw, that would pop a rating, have Becky win. I don't know. There's some stuff they could do there. 
it would be interesting. Uh, we went from that to the first King of the Ring uh, tournament match. The first round match, Rey Mysterio versus Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn picking up a win. Man, I'd like to see Sami win King of the Ring. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it will be possible because the finals would have to be in Saudi Arabia oh, and Sami in Syrian. So uh, that would be a, <laughs> putting a crown on a Syrian man in Saudi Arabia. I know we're getting progressive, but I don't know if you want to get that progressive in Saudi, um, which is unfortunate. You know, Sami Zayn, of course, was famously not on... Uh, a previous Crown Jewel show, I believe it was either that or Super Showdown, and his excuse was he had vertigo, so they'll have probably a reason for him to get out of this. But I was th- too was thinking like, how funny would it be, and how much fun would it be if Sami Zayn got to be King of the Ring? But I sentimentally want Xavier Woods to win this because he's been talking yeah. about it for I think two years now about how much he wants to be King of the Ring, and um, and I would be my heart would break for him if he lost and he was not able to be King of the Ring. Uh, but, you know, good for Sammy. This was every Rey Mysterio match we've seen for the past <laughs> month or two where one of the Mysterios comes in and there's a miscue and they lose. So they're just really stretching out this heel turn. We saw a recap of uh, Seth Rollins invading Edge's home last week. Did you see what show was that on where uh, the WWE show was at the bump where they were uh, or like where they were talking to the panel? And Sonya Deville oh. was on the panel and said, oh. oh, my God, what would you do in the home invasion? Yes. Uh, and, like, let's give – they're not – it's not like they were trying to troll Sonya Deville. I don't think it crossed her mind for a second. But you see a question like that asked, and Sonya kind of gave him a look like, you guys seriously asked me this question? And she answered it professionally and everything. But, yes, yeah, Sonya Deville did have a real home invasion, and they used the storyline to advance that. And it just came off as so cringe because, I mean, that's a scary moment. I remember when that happened. And oh, yeah. Very scary. No, I remember I just read the description though of this question. I was like, I don't even need to see the clip. I'm already oh, really? this is this is already the most awkward thing that I've heard in a while. You know? I think it was like a 15 second clip and I couldn't get through it. I was like, okay, that's enough. That's enough. I can't <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> um, okay, so Zelina Vega took on Tony Storm, the first Queen's Crown tournament match. Why not Queen of the Ring? Did they explain that? Yeah. I don't know. WWE loves their branding. Maybe there's a, a trademark on Queen of, the, Queen of the Ring, but yeah, I definitely prefer the Queen of the Ring, but what are you going to do? Okay, so Zelina Vega won this match. What are they doing to Tony Storm? And what is with this gimmick of, well, you know, she grew up, her mom listened to a lot of 80s music. Could you imagine if we were children in the, like the 90s or, or the 80s, and it was like, well, she grew up and her mom listened to a lot of 50s doo-wop, so she's really adopted that wearing poodle skirts to the ring as her gimmick. Like, that would have been the corniest shit ever. Yeah. And and this is part of the problem as to why I think their audience is so old is this is the worst way to like promote somebody in terms of, oh, their mom likes something. So now she's going to embody that. How am I supposed to cheer for a baby face like that? How am I supposed to connect to that baby face as somebody who's like either in the thirties or people in their twenties? It's like, not only is the eighties thing kind of a played out idea, but the fact that she got it from her mom and she's just it's just a weird way to tell a story. And then now she's out here losing in the first round. But it's one of those things where people were complaining that so, uh, Zelina Vega kept losing and losing and losing. Now she's winning, but winning at the expense of a Tony Storm, who I think a lot of people like. Um, but we'll see where this goes. But I just do not like this 80s wild child thing with Tony Storm. And why is the explanation not that she traveled to the future in a time machine? There you go. And is now adapting to our modern world. Yeah, that could, that, that could be great. They could do something like a bat. She met uh, uh, with Doc Martin or what's his name? Doc, Doc Brown. Doc, Doc Martin. Let's go. Actually, she does wear Doc Martins, but she met yeah. Doc Brown and, you know, Marty McFly. And they, they could do something like that. 
but it's a it's a terrible I think it's a terrible gimmick and I don't think it's something that'll get over. You know what's crazy is that they promote Shotzi Blackheart, or at least she probably does more of it herself in terms of being a big horror fan. And uh, she likes a lot of these horror movies from uh, another time, but it's legit and I think it's really cool. And she incorporates that into her character. And I think it's cool how she does it because it's authentic. I just don't believe this 80s thing with Tony Storm. I think it's some idea somebody had and she does the best to incorporate it. And like, it's just going to happen. She's getting paired up with Dolph, right? Is Dolph staying on SmackDown? This is just. Yeah, I believe Dolph. I mean, he was on Raw this past Monday. So him and the Dirty Dogs are on, on Raw. I don't know where they're headed or if they got drafted in the supplemental draft, but they did do something quickly with Dolph Ziggler. And she liked Rick Boogs and they dropped that too. Hmm. Well, there you go. Uh, so she lost tonight. So uh, I'm not feeling great about Tony Storm's main roster run. Yes. Uh, Antoine Fair, $5. They're telegraphing this Baylor win. I could see the toys now. Demon King, Finn Balor. Also, Tony and Pants, no. Really? Why? <laughs> what would you rather see? Would you like her in a skirt? <laughs> What's wrong with Tony and Pants? Uh, Demon King, that, that makes sense. I could see it. And by the way, Shinsuke Nakamura gave up his crown in honor of the King of the Ring. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, man. That's not um, but Demon King, I guess that would work, but I don't see Finn Balor winning this. I think this is Xavier Woods' tournament to win, hopefully. Yes. Um, so, let's see. Um, after that, we had, oh, uh, the Bloodline promo tonight. Paul, I, like, I don't like them. I don't like Paul Heyman looking this squirrely. Like, he's out there like Marty Feldman, just, uh, that's a dated <laughs> reference. But you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. looking, uh, like, like it's very over the top. It's very, very, uh, it's, it's a bit much. I do think he's playing it up a lot, but I do like Paul Heyman's performances in these segments, and I do like the story that they're telling here. I, I think this is very intricate in that they're keeping you guessing in terms of whose sides Paul Heyman is on, and he's a man in crisis. I think that's what he's trying to convey is that he's in a tough situation between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. It was also his explanation site was a little bit Princess Bride, where it's like, well, wouldn't you think that I would think that Brock would think, and therefore if Brock yeah. thinks that, and you would think, like it was very all over the place. Um, I hope there's a uh, very surprising outcome. To yeah, this. we'll see. I could see it going either way. I could see him. I could see a couple of things happening, and that's why I like this story. They could have him turn on Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel, and he goes with Brock. Uh, word on the street is this is going to build to a WrestleMania match. So maybe he goes with Brock for a while and then turns on Brock at WrestleMania and comes back to Roman Reigns, maybe vice versa. But I think this is something they could play out over the course of months where even if he does pledge allegiance and show that he's been with Roman Reigns and he chooses Roman Reigns at Crown Jewel, he could always go back to Brock if they continue this feud. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, where it goes and what happens. Oh, but this was a great promo. Roman, top of his game, as always. Yeah. It's crazy because Roman is a heel, and every week he does that acknowledge me thing, they cheer like crazy. When he says acknowledge me, they cheer. And it's funny because he said acknowledge me, and they cheered for him, and then he goes, acknowledge Paul, and they booed Paul Heyman. <laughs> oh, just all of this, man. All this is uh, – I mean, Tonight Show moved pretty fast, but, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Crown Jewel, what, what kind of ratings do these Saudi pay-per-views do? I mean, what kind of viewership do you think they do? It's going to be on, like, a Thursday in the middle of the day, right? 
Yeah, and it's so it's going to be on Peacock. So ratings numbers are pretty hard to come by with those. But I do remember, at least for the first one, the first Saudi show did a very low number in terms of what WWE Network uh, tends to do. And a lot of, I think, 30,000 people might have canceled their subscription just based on the uproar of them going to Saudi. And really? I don't know if that carries over. Uh, yeah, Wait, yeah. People actually a, did that? I thought we just threatened to do that all the time. No, I mean, I think by and large, because WWE Network had at the time millions of subscribers, close to 2 million, maybe 1.5 million. But, you know, so 30,000 relatively is a drop in the bucket. But I know that there were significant cancellations for the Saudi show. Um, But now who knows how that's going to affect it. And uh, again, like you said, Thursday during the day is such a tough time. Most people are at work. Um, so it's a tough time to watch it and we'll see, but the numbers have been, uh, exceptional. There was a report earlier that said that, uh, the numbers for Peacock have been exceptional in terms of yeah. uh, WWE viewership. It's really helped NBC universal and it gives me more reason to believe that they're going to offer, uh, WWE a contract to probably buy the company because it's really helped subscribers. It's helped bring eyeballs to Peacock, helped a lot of numbers. Yeah. Um, so Carmella defeated Liv Morgan in their Queen's Crown tournament first round match. What, man, like Liv can't catch a break. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Liv is very talented and every time it seems like they're good, she's a Charlie Brown of WWE. Every time it seems like they're doing something with her, they move the football and then she's back to square one and she loses clean. And they've got Carmella out here now wearing this mask gimmick. And the heels swept the night tonight. I noticed that almost, well, there was one match where Finn Balor won, but that was a babyface, babyface match. And in matches between heels and babyfaces, all the heels won. And Liv Morgan just, I, I, she seemed like she's been ready to really get pushed as a top star for a while now. But they always seem to take one step forward and two steps back with her. And uh, it's good that she's young. I think she's like only 26 or something like that. But they, they she's been there for a long, long time. And they long just, time. You know, screwing with her, I think. Steve Marcuccielli, 499, saying, did too much star power get removed from SmackDown? Would Cross be a better fit on SmackDown? Yeah, I mean, anything, any change of scenery, I just, <laughs> I think it's a lost cause with Karrion Cross. unfortunately. I just, they got off to the wrong foot with him. They had the thing with the helmet, and I think people have already decided that this isn't going to work in terms of live crowds. He doesn't get any reactions. I mean, you could only do so many squash matches and, you know, you, until you have to have him start beating real people. But I don't even think that's going to help him. So, yeah, maybe he would be a better fit on SmackDown. But it looks like he's staying on Raw after the WWE draft. Caleb Braxton was backstage with Mace talking about coming over from Raw to SmackDown. That's where you're headed, Karrion Cross. Yeah. Mace status. <laughs> that Mace promo was not good. It was very, very scripted. And he's using all these buzzwords. He's going to annihilate. I'm glad they're giving him TV time, but it, it just didn't do anything for me. So he said, Mace, how do you feel about being drafted? And she said, feels so good. <laughs> you that should one. have said that. See, that would have been a great promo. <laughs> bad, bad, bad. <laughs> they need to buy the rights to that song. <laughs> What's up with Mace? Did he come back to hip-hop a couple, like a decade ago? Oh, he yeah, left. Yeah. Not only hip-hop, he came back to gangster rap. He went from being That's- a preacher and then he yeah. went back to gangster rap, and like he was murdered Mace all over again, joined G Unit, so he went all the way in. What? And now he's back uh, saying the good word of the Lord. But yeah, I would like to see that. Listen, Puffy and WWE have a good relationship. They've done a lot of things together. I'm sure they can get a Puffy discount on Mace's theme music. Yeah, yeah I'd love to hear it. Uh, Stella just told up his 499 saying Vince hates Liv. Our Vince uh, hates LOL. Uh, Liv to AEW confirmed when our contract's up. I think Liv, man. 
like, and I know this would be potentially a step down. She could be someone you could build like women of wrestling around as a top baby face. Like, I think in any like Ring of Honor and AEW, like having the second women's title is good. But Liv, I think, could be a breakout character that could anchor a promotion as as a top baby face easily. Yeah, smaller promotion. I could see her in Impact as a knockout, definitely, because the knockouts division has always been really good with Impact dating back to their TNA days. They really were kind of an unappreciated trailblazer of the women's wrestling you're seeing now. Women were main eventing before that was a cool thing to do, years before WWE even thought about it. And I think she'd be good there, but she's good. I think all she needs is a chance at WWE. I think people seem to be behind her. I see people seem to want to cheer for her and she has a very innovative offense. And I know she works very hard and she's gotten really good over the past couple of years, but she's good friends with Ruby Soho. So maybe all she has to do is pick up a phone. I don't know when her contract is up, but yeah, you never know. I've been saying this for years, man, 2016 saw her in NXT house show in like Lakeland, Florida wrestling under her real name, Jana Daddio. Like she had just so much star power then, just absolutely someone that you just couldn't take your eyes off of. You know, and yeah. I think it's amazing. And she's, and she's only gotten better, but she had great athletic ability uh, from the beginning. And yeah, I think she's the complete package. I don't know what they don't see in her. Um, happy Baron Corbin, happy <laughs> Corbin out there with Madcap Moss. Uh, and I would say, I mean, this was corny as hell. And uh, Kevin Owens, like, uh, Kevin Owens got beat. Kevin Owens ain't staying, right? I mean, I, they're not booking him like he is. And this is weird because they said it's going to be Happy Corbin, or what is it called? Happy Talk with Baron Corbin. Yes. And our guests are the Street Profits. And then Kevin Owens comes up and gets his ass kicked. So, like, I don't know why they didn't have the Street Profits in there. And from a kayfabe standpoint, if the Street Profits were scheduled to be on the show, you've got to think they weren't too far from there. So why didn't Kevin Owens just recruit the Street Profits to come to the ring with him so that they could fight those two guys? Uh, I don't know why Kevin Owens continues to go in there, but that's not what a credible babyface does. And I mean, Kevin Owens has seemed pretty checked out for a little bit, and this is not doing him any favors in terms of him potentially wanting to stay. I know his contract's coming up soon, but I, I mean, when's the last time you really felt like Kevin Owens mattered? Was it that... Roman Reigns feud, and he even lost them. Oh, yeah. It's been a while since Kevin Owens has been booked as just kind of one of the upper echelon stars there, and it's a, kind of a waste of talent and what they're doing with him right now. I mean, look at his social media. He seems much more interested in his cats than uh, the world of wrestling. Yes. Well, I Not can't blame him. Me, so, uh, But I, I still respect Kevin Owens. Wait, he blocked you, really? He blocked me over uh, an argument he had with uh, Melissa Joan Hart, and I, I took her side, and she liked the tweet, and that was the last I ever heard from Kevin Owens. Wow, what what was that argument about? Uh, sorry, was, I, don't I thought it was kayfabe. I mean, I'm a '90s kid, so I, all I said was like, like I like I always stand by. Melissa Clarissa explains it all, but not. <laughs> he blocked me immediately uh, because I took her side on an argument. It was like a kayfabe argument. I think they were having, and and I don't even know what it was about, but they had some Twitter spat. I get I tagged in weird things, so I got blocked by like HBK and JBL, and I've never tweeted at oh, these wow. guys ever. But somebody tweeted something mean and tagged me, and somehow I got blocked. Yeah, maybe they just saw something you said. Uh, I, I don't, you never know why these people block. I wear like a badge of honor, you know. Yeah, uh, I'm, I don't look to get blocked. I don't want to. But if, if that if I'm causing that much of a stir, um, it's, it's probably better that they block me if they don't uh, like what I'm saying. I still think William Shatner is my crowning achievement. Getting blocked by him, not even for saying something offensive, just something That's he thought was dumb. Uh, so, uh, Finn Balor versus Cesaro, the Demon King won. 
or the demon one, or Finn one. He's going to be the demon king. Yep. Uh, poor Cesaro. Cesaro's got to – I mean, you heard anything about his contract? No, I have not. Uh, but listen, I think Cesaro should go to NXT 2.0. They, they mm-hmm. need people – maybe even Kevin Owens should go there. Jeff Hardy should go there. All these legends who they're dropping the ball with, all these established names who they don't feel interested in doing anything with, these should be people on NXT 2.0 because those ratings, if they continue to slip at the, at the way they are – that that's the USA Network's not going to want to keep that on their network if they're doing six hundred thousand people, five hundred seventy-five thousand people. Like they're not going to get a free pass on a network like USA. So I think there's a handful of people who they're not doing anything with, or they're using them in a negative fashion on their main roster shows. Just put them on NXT 2.0. You could use them to get over a guy like Braun Breaker or Von Wagner or any of these young guys that they're doing something with. Odyssey Jones. Yeah. No, and this was a really good match there tonight with Finn and Cesaro. Oh, but before that, let's talk about this. Uh, so Naomi is facing Sonya Deville. It's happening. Yeah. That is what we are led to believe. I don't think it's because I am very excited to see this match, but I I hope they save it for a pay-per-view or like, a, you know, I don't know if they'd be able to do it at Crown Jewel. I don't know what their quota is for women's matches there, but I would like to see this on a bigger platform. And the way that this happened, it seemed like, Sonia's got something up her sleeve where she's going to be scheduled to face Naomi and then Naomi will go out there and then maybe Sonia will bring in a ringer. Maybe there'll be some rule change that'll hurt Naomi or, or something. But yeah, this was good. I think what they did with Sonia Deville and Naomi. It was exciting. And it was really kick point to like the season premiere. This didn't feel like <laughs> a brand because the draft doesn't even take place for, or the draft doesn't go into an effect for uh, two more weeks. Yeah, why can't that be the season premiere? It's going to be after Crown Jewel when you're resetting all your storylines. This is smack dab in the middle of them building toward Crown Jewel, and it's a season premiere. Go figure. It's very weird. And then the go home segment: Seth Rollins confronted by Edge. Big uh, takeaway that they're going to have a Hell in the Cell match at Crown Jewel. But what did you uh, think of these promos tonight? I thought um, you know it was a little too much Seth Rollins for me. But I did like the final segment. I I did like the fact that it was building toward Edge coming back. Edge came off like a huge star. Good night for Jordans tonight. Roman Reigns wore the Jordan 6s. Edge had the Jordan 4s. Carmella had the Jordan 1s, of course. And uh, Edge looked great tonight, I thought. And I thought that it was really cool that they built to Hell in a Cell, which is not something you see every day because usually they shoehorn that into a pay-per-view. And they yeah. built to like the actual Hell in a Cell match based on a blood feud, which is exactly how you should do it. Like this is the way you build to a Hell in a Cell. So nothing wrong with this. I thought this was really cool. I'm old enough to remember the first Air Jordans when it was like, oh my God, these sneakers cost a hundred dollars. <laughs> I wish. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's like one Jordan. Maybe the shoelaces cost a hundred dollars now. I had one classmate that had them, and it was like at lunchtime, like I'll show you guys my shoes. <laughs> like everyone could inspect yeah. them. And then that was back in the era, like probably I think kids wised up because you're a bit younger than me, but legit in the 80s, that was the beginning of kids thinking, I wear these shoes, these will make me better, like legit make me better. Not like a like Mike scenario, but they thought legitimately this will give me an edge on the court. Of course. Yeah, they'll make you fly, they'll make you jump higher, run faster. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Those in the pumps, the uh, when you pump them up, the pumps, 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 man. Yeah. I had the Reebok pumps. Those were, oh, yeah, those were tight, great. man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that was SmackDown tonight. The season premiere. Season premiere, ladies and gentlemen. You know what's interesting about the King of the Ring tournament is in the second round, we could possibly have a matchup between Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. I wonder if they're going to pull that trigger. I don't know. That would be uh, 
very interesting on multiple levels. Yeah. But what did cool. you think about this show? I, I thought it was okay, but there's more on the show that I didn't like than that I did like, I think. You think about a season premiere and think about what that means, right? Like normally yeah. season premiere of Law and Order, which Law and Order is coming back, by the way. I'm so stoked about that. Season premiere of Law and Order is like a big rip from the headlines case. We're gonna we're gonna push some buttons, we're gonna make some waves. Season premiere of Breaking Bad, like or Better Call Saul, it's like, well, maybe it's a little slow in parts. We got some housekeeping to do, but it always ends with a big like boom, like yeah. a big shocker. Um, this just kind of felt like, well, in two weeks, folks. It's going to be a whole new game around here, but now we really need you to uh, pretend to pay attention to make this show on a Thursday in two weeks feel really big so we can get paid for it and they can feel like they got their money's worth. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the thinking was behind a season premiere. Uh, maybe they knew they were going up against some pretty big baseball games. Dodgers and Giants are going on as we speak, but I mean, this did not feel like a season premiere at all. Well, I think it's, I mean, like to talk inside broadcast, like this was Fox terminology for what constitutes a new season with probably new ad rates as part uh, of the I fall think. season package. Like, yeah, and this sense. is like, this is like the latest you can do it and still consider it to be something new in the fall season. Because if you go too long, like in two weeks, like we're not, you know, the same ratings measurement period. It's not quite sweeps, it's not quite mid season. So yeah, I mean, like it's, I think it's just a technicality. Oh, I see. That makes more sense. Yeah. But but from programming, though, this did not feel like they pulled out all the stops. It's a very watchable show. It just was kind of, you know, yeah. my mind wasn't blown. Um, <laughs> the draft episodes found, sounded more far more exciting uh, watching those from afar on social media. Uh, Rampage tonight on the AE dubs started off with CM Punk on free TV wrestling Daniel Garcia. Uh, what did you think of this match? I thought it was good. This is a really fun match, actually. It's very unique. It's funny because this was a Daniel Garcia match more than it was a CM Punk match, but Punk, I felt like, transitioned to this type of style very seamlessly. And, and, and why not? Because he has MMA training. So that's what's interesting about the CM Punk comeback that I really do like, and, and I kind of forgot about that. He had that long stint where, he, at the very least, he was training MMA. It wasn't necessarily lighting yeah. the world on fire, but he was training MMA. And so now he incorporates that in his in-ring style. And that's basically how Daniel Garcia wrestles. Was it Taz who said that tonight? Because it sounded like uh, it was sarcastic. Well, you know, he's a trained MMA fighter. <laughs> yeah, you can't say that with a straight face, but he, if he managed to, good for him. But, like, yeah, it's the training that really, not necessarily the fighting, but he at least knows how to roll around and, and do it in a pro wrestling capacity. But uh, fortunately for CM Punk, this was not a shoot. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of weird, right? Like, yeah. You could be the best trained anything. If you can't perform when it's go time, like it, it doesn't matter, right? Right, right. But but again, this is a, a carny sport, so you don't want to tell people that he lost and he got beat up. Just tell them that he's a trained MMA fighter and uh, you know, they'll probably go along with it. Yeah, but it was good that they did this. I wonder how much they can keep pulling this lever, though, and did they do this because of the way Rampage ratings are trending? Definitely this and next week because they've already announced CM Punk against Matt Seidel for next week. And I'm very interested to see what the number does this week because even though they've been going down, 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 six weeks in a row, lowest rating ever, the first hour of um, the Grand Slam show where they did two hours, the first hour did a pretty good number, 727,000. Mm -hmm. And when CM Punk was wrestling, it peaked at over 800,000. So uh, I'm not saying this is going to do those type of numbers, but I do think that CM Punk wrestling on this show, advertised especially, is going to be enough 
to end that streak to where maybe they do closer to uh, 650, 675. Um, so, but if they keep going down after this, I think it's panic time. I honestly, like comparatively, they're doing well in terms of against the other shows. It's probably going to be a top five rating on a Friday night. But numbers wise, that's not good if they continue to slip below 622,000. Uh, Francesco Fagliano. Love that name. So apparently SmackDown's 2.5 hours next week. Next week, SmackDown's on Fox Sports 1. Ah. It's a supersized SmackDown. I didn't know what that meant. So two and a half hours. So now they're trying to, to mess with AEW. I see. Oh, so they're encroaching on that AEW. I like that. The Friday Night Wars. So maybe we will get that Naomi versus Sonya Deville match. Maybe because if they're going to build it like a supersized SmackDown, I can see them giving that away on this show. Uh, very and interesting. I don't know. If SmackDown needs anything, you know, it's more more time. Yeah, exactly. Um, if wrestling in general needs anything, my God, I remember last time that Grand Slam show, that's 11 hours of wrestling, and I'm just like, I never want to do this again. And it looks like we're yeah. going to do it again. But this was a great match tonight. CM Punk got the win. Um, I just, I want them to keep him feeling special. Yeah. You know, if he's there to be the workhorse and the TV guy, I mean, good for him for humbling himself to that. But I don't know, like, you, you just don't want to get sick of it. Sure. And that is something that even CM Punk himself continues to hint toward. Like, you guys sick of me yet? Uh, and I do think they're going to eventually get to a point uh, sooner rather than later where he's actually wrestling legitimate, like, dream matches. I was talking to this about uh, the other – I was talking to Glenn about this on Wednesday. Oh, yes. Where we were talking about, like, CM Punk and how he continues to wrestle all these younger guys. And that's very noble. And he's getting some good matches out of these guys, don't get me wrong. But sooner or later, he's going to have to start wrestling the Kenny Omegas, the MJFs, you know what I mean, of the world – uh, the bigger stars that they have in AEW, the Brian Danielsons, so that uh, he can pop numbers on Dynamite, so that people can get more excited about CM Punk matches. Uh, and obviously it's going to get there. So I guess we're just going to have to wait it out. So I missed a couple weeks. So Leo Rush is on AEW as a manager now? Yeah, he's a stockbroker now. So he's doing this. Well, I, I don't want to say stockbroker, but he's doing LBO Leo. So he's a leveraged buyout Leo. So talks numbers and investments, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like this seems like the most wwe gimmick on aew why don't they really come good. out like like in a green banker's visor you know like the old time <laughs> puppy shirt with uh yeah you know and he could just have his adding machine you know and be out there <laughs> go check the ticker tape he'd know? be doing that if he was in wwe he'd even have the big gordon gecko uh cell phone if he oh yeah yeah from paulie dangerously uh yeah <laughs> what i do wow. like about the gimmick though is leo is an incredible talker he's, he's an incredible talker and they're pairing him with dante martin who's a, a phenomenal athlete he can actually kind of talk himself but it is a limitation of dante martin but it is a hole in his game that i think leo can fill is talking for dante martin I yeah think those two. and then when darius martin comes back and it's top flight leo rush let's go like those if they could be a trio, my goodness, they're going to have some incredible matches. Well, I mean, what I want to see, I want to see. So they set this up for uh, uh, Matt Seidel to face CM Punk next week. I want to see Leo Rush in the ring cutting a promo, going toe to toe on the mic with CM Punk. Oh, I'd like in that. my mind, that's like a dream segment. Yeah, because he's the one who set up the CM Punk match. So we might be able to get something like that on a dynamite to build to this match. But I would love to see Leo Rush go toe-to-toe. -to -toe. I mean, I'm sure CM Punk would have some sick burns for him, but hey, listen, Leo can clap back with the best of them. Let me tell you, Leo's my guy and he, he can talk with Leo's the best great. Of them, so I would love to see it. No, Leo is fantastic. Um, 
So, Stellar Justin Lopez, 2.0499, saying, I see you're doing a half-hour head-to-head with us. Can't wait to finally beat your main show head-to-head. Tony Khan's tweet. Wait, Tony Khan really tweeted that? that? Damn, Tony wants to smoke. Wait, did Tony really tweet that? Somebody confirm that. I can see Tony doing that. <laughs> oh, man, yeah. Can we please confirm whether or not Tony Khan did tweet this? Well, it's going to be on Fox Sports 1, so they could actually do it. If this was on Fox, no way. Well, they couldn't do it on Fox because Fox has a 10 p.m. cutoff hard for local news. Right. Um, but FS1, those FS1 Fox, those FS1 Smackdowns, haven't those done less than a million? Terrible. They do like 800,000, and I think AEW should be favored to, to beat them. But the only thing I, reason I think they wouldn't be is because Rampage has done so terribly uh, in recent weeks. But they have CM Punk on that show. I do think that uh, Rampage is in good position to... to at least say from an aesthetic standpoint that we beat SmackDown. Now it was an FS1 SmackDown, but they could always say that they beat SmackDown. Yes, yeah, Tony I like, did tweet that. I saw, I saw you're doing a half hour head to head with us. Can't wait to finally beat your main show head to head. It's been a long time coming. See you next Friday for AEW Rampage on AEW on TNT. Oh, Tony, talking that good stuff. I like are they it. taping it? Are they taping it Wednesday or is it live? Uh, wait, you're talking about Rampage? Yeah, Rampage next week. Rampage is going to be taped. Taped. They they got to save something. They got to figure out a way to do some sort of surprise segment. Is there a debut? Can Braun Strowman debut in AEW? Like, what can they do next Friday? This is just bragger. It's like when the Simpsons beat the Cosby Show. Like, you just need to do it. Just from a mental point of view, you need to show that you can take down the king. Yeah, I mean, they, and I I do think um, they have a very good chance of doing so. And I, I don't. But people think are saying it's it's live. Is it live? Oh, it's Rampage? live! Oh, it's all Holy live! Shit. Oh, that's right. That's my show, so it is live. Oh, they're gonna they're gonna pull something. They're gonna they have okay. to. Yeah, they've got to do a surprise because they're already and they already uh, announced the match Inner Circle versus America's Top Team. So that's gonna be a pretty loaded show for that show's definitely beating SmackDown on FS1. Unless, I mean, they have Brock Lesnar coming in. Unless they've got well, well, yeah, Rock they do. They do have Brock here. coming into SmackDown. Brock's gonna be on FS1, wow. like. How weird is that, that they're using a Brock appearance on a night that their viewership is almost guaranteed to be nothing? Wow. That, they're, well, they're just going to have to really promote this show. It's going to have to be more than just putting these big names on there. When you're switching from one network to another, people are creatures of habit. So you need to just promote the hell out of this. And I don't know how much they're going to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, so the Lucha Brothers beat the acclaim tonight. Yes. And I like uh, I love Max Caster's rap. He says, everybody loves the acclaimed in Philly. We put the Lucha Bros on ice like gritty. We kill on every city that we landed in. Packing that heat like my name's Arn Anderson. Come on. <laughs> this is the best thing like, ever show, I thought. When did, when did Arn Anderson and the gun become like left eye burning down a house? They like the reference everybody's <laughs> dropping. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I do. That's Remember in the late 90s, everybody, every rapper had a reference to Left Eye burning down her boyfriend's house. Oh, everybody yeah, they, had that in their in their bars. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the hip-hop, the culture will never forget about that. I think Nicki Minaj had a reference about that. Uh, but, yeah, that was a very iconic moment. Andre Risen, poor guy, former Green Bay Packer, Andre Risen, who won a Super Bowl with us, got his house burned down uh, by Lisa Lift Lopez. And, uh, and that is a comparison for Aaron Anderson. Now, that's all I'm going to think about. Every time I see Aaron Anderson, who's actually becoming one of my favorite things right now, I'm going to think of Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Hey, if, if anything, you know, he was the left eye of the four horsemen. So <laughs> he was. He came in there and gave them some bars. And <laughs> <laughs> Warren Left Eye Anderson. 
did a guest verse with NSYNC. Yeah. Or that, that, space, that Space Cowboy song, which hasn't aged well. You ever listen to that? Do you ever listen to that really? entire oh, NSYNC like record? Cowboy. I haven't listened to it recently, but that song really, you know, it's one of those songs. Yeah. You know, I, I secretly liked some of NSYNC, but like I was a guy, so you kind of got, oh, I hate all boy bands and whatnot, but that... If you want to ride, oh man, yeah. I like that shit. What was JC talking about in that song? Here it comes, <laughs> Millennium. Everybody's talking about Jerusalem. Like, this is a boy <laughs> band song? Like, what in the F is going on? Like, it just made no sense. But yeah, that album was, you know, I was, when I was in Vegas like 20 years ago, me with one of my bandmates, like, we went and saw the InSync IMAX movie, and I dragged him to it. I was like, come on, we have to go see this InSync live in concert. And yeah, we were the only, only men in the theater. but they played the entire no strings attached album live, like digital get down like all of it every track off that they did live the game is over women are screaming in the theater like going crazy oh people were going nuts dude i mean it was uh yeah it was uh it was imax man it was great though it's absolutely great yeah until you heard space cowboy you know on the big screen like the side of a skyscraper you know you can't beat it that sounds like it would be good. I challenge anybody to listen to Space Cowboys without bumping your head or tapping your feet. And I got to go back and listen for that Jerusalem reference because I do not remember that. It's the weirdest lyric in a boy band song. I mean, <laughs> Digital Get Down is pretty suggestive for, uh, you know, for uh, a group whose audience is primarily teenagers. And apparently you and I at the time, yeah. you know, teenage girls and then Alfred and Glenn listening to Insect. <laughs> Uh, but no, this was a good match with the acclaimed uh, and Lucha Brothers. I really enjoyed this. Lucha Brothers getting one was very cool. Um, yes, which is great. Yeah, I would like more time for this because uh, it went by very fast and they just kind of did their spots and went to the finish. But what they did do was very entertaining. Yeah, and, and same. I mean, Jade Cargill versus Sky Blue, like that blink and you miss it. That was a very short match. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, squash match, make Jade look dominant. She's the next TBS champion. And the people seem to really love her in Philly. Uh, when she kind of went heel and put the boots to her after they booed her because that's like a heel move to do. But they really were behind her in the seconds that this match lasted. My wife is texting me and saying, you were being so loud. All the neighbors are hearing you yelling about in sync uh, in their backyard. <laughs> But that's fine. Uh, let's talk about the main event. Now I'm in hush tones. Uh, let's talk about the FTW Championship, the Philly Street Fight. Ricky Starks versus Brian Cage in the main event tonight. This was a, this? a very overbooked match. There's a lot of outside interference, uh, which was to be expected. Um, I thought Taz was very funny on commentary, especially toward the end of the match where he's just screaming like, Sit Hobbs! Sit Hook! And... Um, and these guys worked hard. You know, Ricky Starks bled. Uh, this was a it was a good match. Um, I don't know how strong of a main event it was, but I, I did enjoy this match overall. It, it just uh, a little too much plunder, a little too much going on. I thought, especially toward the end of this match. Yeah, it was good, but yeah, kind of an interesting end of the show. You know who I got to give it up for though, Mark Henry. I love yes. the way that he's like. We're talking earlier about the need for a GM. I like the Mark Henry's like the host of, of Rampage almost. Yeah. I you like know? it. I like how you put that. That's absolutely it. And that thing he's doing, it's time for the main event. It's starting to get over. People are starting to sing along. And that, as AEW goes on and on, is going to be an iconic thing in terms of Mark Henry. It's time for the main event. Like, people are going to really start to look forward to that and get into it. And I, I really do like 
See, um, because Rampage is different, and that's how it makes it different. Not only is it an hour, so it feels different that way, but this, how they, like you said, they have a host of Rampage. I think it does set it apart from AEW Dynamite and, and gives you a little bit more of a reason to, to tune into a different show. And, and I do like how they do this, because these Mark Henry segments, I think they rarely miss in terms of how they're presented. He's great. He's been a really, really strong addition to AEW, and I really like what they're doing with him. So that was tonight, man. This uh, you know watchable evening. It went by fast. There were some ups. There were some downs. Uh, interesting ending, like you said. That was a bit. Uh, you know, I, I would like to see. I think CM Punk should close the show, but I understand yeah. they wanted to start hot, get people tuning in early, pop that initial rating, and uh, man, though next Friday, next Friday it is on. And, yeah, that's gonna, uh, be, it, that's gonna be wild. It's going to be like uh, one of those back-to-back weeks where the Backstreet Boys came out with their record and Insync came out the next record. Weekend, who's gonna who's gonna sell more? I would compare it to uh, Kanye West coming out with Donda and then Drake dropping Certified Lover Boy the next week and doubling him up. But yeah, yeah either, either or. It's true. Never got into the Backstreet Boys as much. Oh really? Um, a couple of the songs there. They, they've got some classics. Sure, sure. Backstreet Back. Yeah, they've got some stuff. But Insync's like not the first record because you know whatever but uh no strings attached and uh celebrity like solid from start to finish and celebrity the production by bt like one of the best electronic music producers in the world like there's just such a sonically interesting record to listen to but no i'd have to say uh nsync was probably my favorite like of that generation i mean my all-time favorite boy bands new edition hands down uh but i think of that generation probably nsync and second i'm gonna say o-town Oh, really? O-Town. Very interesting. I remember that was that like MTV generation. Making uh, the band. Yeah. Yeah. From making the band. Yeah. I remember that. Now, BT, the producers, are those the guys from Sweden that like they're just. No, no. So BT is an electronic musician who I know you're talking about like Max Martin. There's a whole episode yeah, on Netflix. This is yeah. pop series about BT did like a famous Tori Amos remix. He did a lot of dance records. Like he has right. some great solo records. It's a record satellites. Fantastic. But um, if you listen on the end of pop, it was his idea. He has like his signature stutter step drop and he took Justin Timberlake's beatboxing and then cut together that, like he manually cut together that entire bridge section and that extended ed section of the electronic version of JT beatboxing. Oh, wow. Yeah, like just go back and listen to pop and listen to that bridge. Like that's not JT doing it live. That's JT did it and then BT like cut it, spliced it, screwed it, put it back together. And it just, all you got headphones, like it would sound so incredible. Really? I thought it was JT. I thought it was all or if not mostly JT. Very yeah, he's very enhanced. Very yeah. enhanced. Jackson Callen told me he knows a member from Motown came to his work every week. I'm going to guess is it Jacob because Jacob from Motown worked construction for a while, at least uh, when he was on the Ashley Parker Angel reality show. Uh, and he I remember that reality us. show. That was the one where he would pause time and then he would talk to the camera. It was really bad. <laughs> I remember that. Ashley Parker Ranger, too good to come back for the O-Town reunion. It's all the other four guys. No, I Ashley. have that Ashley Parker Angel money if you want Ashley Parker Angel. <laughs> Got him, man. Soundtrack to Your Life, underrated song. Probably one of the better songs. Uh, anyhow, that was the show tonight. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Have a great weekend, and we will catch you back next week on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care, everyone. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. 
on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.